thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food real with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and welcome back to The Real Food Real. Today on the show, I'm really excited to share Joe Witten from Quirky Cooking with you. Joe and I are going to discuss all things GAPS, her journey, her health and wellness story and everything about her new book, Life Changing Food. Hi Joe, and thanks for your time today. Hi Steph, how are you going? Really well, thank you. I can't believe you haven't been on the show before. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm honoured to be asked. <laughs> Absolutely. Really excited to share your story. And um, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with Quirky Cooking and the amazing work that you've been doing over the last number of years. But just for, you know, my benefit and for everyone else's benefit, I'd love you to share your story and certainly um, what's been happening with your health and wellness and how things have sort of evolved, I guess, with quirky cooking over the years. Okay, sure. Um, So when I first sort of got into healthy eating, it was mostly because of food intolerances, myself and my kids. I had had trouble throughout um, my childhood, but I didn't know it was food intolerances. I just thought, well, you know, I've always got hay fever. I've always got colds. Um, I've always got a sick tummy, but that's just me and there's nothing I can do about it. My brothers and sisters seemed fine and, you know, mum would say, oh, take a Sudafed or take some antihistamines and off I'd go to school and end up in the sick bay laying down. And um, it was very frustrating, but it wasn't major illnesses. Um, But as I got older and got into my teenage years, went off to uni, things seemed to get worse. And I started seeing a nutritionist and um, she tried to help me with, you know, getting some um, answers. Basically, she said, you you know, you've got trouble with dairy and started helping me with things like that. But it wasn't a lot of help because it was things like take these little tablets before you drink milk. Mm. Um, and, and to gain weight, just sprinkle sausage on all your food and things like that, <laughs> which didn't really help because I was very underweight as well. Um, my doctor put me on the pill because of acne and, um, like hormonal issues. And so there was a lot going on, but back then I had no idea that it was all linked. It seemed to be just, um, it just seemed to be all separate things that I had to deal with itchy skin headaches, exhaustion. Uh, I had no idea it was linked. And it took me a long time to realize that it was all related to gut health. And um, 15 or 20 years before I realized that, uh, when I was, when the kids were little and there was um, four kids under seven, and I was very, very busy and exhausted, as you are, um, I started seeing a naturopath and a chiropractor. And that's when things started to turn around for me. And I started to figure out um, how important the food was that I was eating, Um, that it wasn't a matter of just genetics or, um, you know, things that had happened to me. And so now I was sick. It was to do with what I was eating. 
So I started to reduce the dairy and the and the gluten and the sugars and go towards more whole food options. I had been raised eating very much whole foods, um, homemade. Everything was made from scratch. Mum made everything like breads, cakes, biscuits, meals. Um, we didn't buy packaged food very much at all. Um, but as I got older, that kind of thing crept in a little bit more. Um, but so I went back to basics with my cooking. I got a thermomix about that time and that really helped um, sort of getting back to basic ingredients and it got me interested in healthy eating even more. So I started um, writing down my recipes as I, as I figured things out and as I tweaked family favourites, you know, I would write down a dairy-free option and a gluten-free option and, a, and this all just turned into a blog somehow. <laughs> so... <laughs> that was about seven and a half years ago. I just felt like everywhere I went, I was meeting people with the same issues. There was just so many people with um, gluten allergies or problems with dairy or different things. So I thought, well, I'll put my recipes on a blog and then, you know, when I meet these people, I can say, well, just have a look at my blog. There's the recipe. So that's how Quirky Cooking started. And it was just something I did from home, you know, as a mum at night when the kids went to bed. And I always loved cooking. Um, I've been cooking since I was really little. And mum always encouraged us to experiment and to use what we had, which was um, great because then you don't rely on a recipe. You just you just experiment and you don't waste food because you use whatever you've got. Um, so that was something that it just all dovetailed. I was also a graphic artist and I also loved photography and I loved writing. So blogging just happened, you know, quite naturally for me. Um, as I went along and we worked on our diet more and more, it was something that happened gradually. Like I always tell people, this sort of thing doesn't generally happen overnight, um, changing the whole way that your family eats. Um, and it, it didn't for us. It was probably a good 10 years of changing things little by little um, before we really were doing well. I saw improvements all along. Um, so once once I took out most of the gluten, dairy, and sugar, I was I was um, much better with my allergies. My hay fever and itchy skin and things like that were a lot better. My energy levels were better. Sorry, I have a bird here. Hang on. <laughs> I was just about to say you can really tell you're in far north Queensland there, Joe. I think it's um you know we've got some um, background music almost. <laughs> That's Fred. He doesn't believe in cages and he wanders around the house. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm sure our listeners don't mind at all. Okay. Right, Fred, you try and be quiet there. <laughs> Fred is a fantastic name for a bird as well. Yeah. He tried to hop in bed with the dog just then. The dog growled at him. So I'm thinking I better keep <laughs> keep an eye on him. <laughs> you can multitask perhaps. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, just little by little working on things and learning what suited and what didn't. And I think that's something that you just do with practice. It's um, constant learning. It's like peeling back the layers of an onion. You know, you start with those really scruffy layers and you get rid of them and you go, oh, my goodness, I feel better. And then after a bit, you go, wait a minute, I need to do something else here. There's something else that needs fixing. So you work on on the next layer, and then you get that off and then you go, oh, I feel so much better. And it just seems to be almost a continual journey, but it's it's really good. It's been great for us. We've learned so much in the last 10 to 12 years. The last two years have been the biggest learning curve. So um, about two and a half years ago, my son Isaac was 13 and he suddenly it plunged into deep depression, phobias, 
all sorts of craziness was going on and he'd had little snippets of it throughout his teenage throughout his I guess from 11 um, we'd noticed that he would get very anxious he'd have phobias of different people he'd have strange things going on and we'd I'd just really talk him through it and hold him and you know just spend a lot of time with him and he would come good and I'd also work on the diet whenever that happened because I noticed that if he had the dairy and the gluten that he was more anxious so um when he was 13 obviously those of you who have teenagers know what it's like um things start to slip with diet because the kids are hardly ever home (laughs) um they're off with their friends they're at parties they're at sleepovers they're at camps um they're at sports they're at school they're wherever they are my kids homeschool so I do have a bit more control with food but um, it is difficult when they're teenagers. They just, and especially if they're doing okay, and you think, oh well, you know, eighty twenty, things start to creep in, yeah. and then it becomes seventy thirty and fifty fifty, and <laughs> every second day they're having treats, and it, and you just don't realize it just happens slow, slowly, and that's what happened with Isaac. And suddenly he hit rock bottom. And it was honestly overnight, it was crazy. He just started having these major phobias and fears and he would scream and cry and he was like a little zombie, basically. I had to feed him. Um, He couldn't let the spoon touch his teeth. He'd fling it across the room. Um, I would have to, like, constantly be calming him down and holding him and praying with him and rocking him and talking to him and taking him for walks and it was so full on. Um, you know, till 11 o'clock at night he'd be crying and then I'd get him into bed and he'd like be throwing the covers off and on, off and on. If he went to the toilet, he was opening and shutting the door. He was he couldn't get changed. He couldn't change his clothes. Like for three days I think he didn't change his clothes because he was scared of a certain shirt. And I was thinking, what in the world? And I was, I was researching online as you do trying to figure out what what's going on with my son I, I did take him to the doctor once but she uh, I don't think she really knew what to do either at the time anyway so I thought I'd research it myself and then I suddenly had this thought pop into my mind maybe it's OCD because I'd had I'd heard that OCD was more than just washing your hands and you know cleaning up it was um, a really terrible thing and I thought I'm just going to research the symptoms and he had every single one. So we took him to the doctor and sure enough, she said, yeah, you're right, severe OCD. And so he was put straight onto medication because he was so bad, he wasn't coping at all. Um, It was only a small amount, but I was determined it was not going to be for long. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor said, oh, it's okay, you know. People stay on this all their lives. It's fine. I'm thinking not over, not on your Nelly. Mm. <laughs> My son's not staying on that all his life. And I, of course, researched the medication and it says things like it kills brain cells and all this. I'm thinking, oh, great. So I did what I do best. Um, I started working with food and I went straight to friends that I have that are really up on healing diets and on whole foods and on nourishing foods and um, I asked their opinion and they all said, yeah, you need to do GAPS. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So GAPS, for those of you who haven't heard of it before, stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome. And it's a healing diet, which is a temporary diet. It's basically like an elimination diet. So you take out most, most foods, mm. <laughs> it seems. You start off with really easy to digest foods, meat, 
and vegetables cooked in broth, only certain um, certain vegetables at first, not starchy vegetables. Um, And you slowly add foods in. So you add in egg yolks and then you leave it for a few days and then you add in um, avocado and then you leave it for a few days. And so it's very slow, gradual progress and you, you really see changes quite quickly. Um, and with Isaac, he was coming out of the fog within a couple of weeks because um, it was like a fog. <laughs> um, and within six months, he was so good that the doctors said, uh, the doctor actually at first was quite sceptical of using diet for anxiety and OCD. Um, <laughs> and she would change the subject when I talked about it. But by six months, he was so good that she called the student doctor in and said, you need to tell the student doctor about this diet. So that was a win. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. And our psychologist also was amazing. She, um, Isaac, at about three months or four months into GAPS, maybe a bit longer, um, he was so good that Pete Evans asked, asked him to speak up on stage with him in Cairns about his journey. And um, the psychologist came and it was really good. Um, she agreed that the, the diet had definitely helped. She said it's not just the medication, the because medic- I was a bit worried, okay, now we take away the medication, will he just go back to what he was? And she said no. She said he he is healing and it's not the medication. She said the doctor would have usually doubled the dose by now, um, but he's doing really well and he's skipping whole sections of the CBT training and um, he just he just really thrived on the GAPS diet. So um, that's what's been happening for us the last couple of years. Um, he was off his medication within a year and um, hasn't looked back, got a job within about six months of starting GAPS, and um, he's like the most liveliest, happiest, most outgoing kid at the supermarket and everyone loves him. Everyone <laughs> loves <say> Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny because, you know, funny is not the word it's so amazing because you know six months or a year before he couldn't even leave the house he was he couldn't even change his clothes he couldn't feed himself and of course there's a lot of other things we did besides diet so you know we did counseling we worked on keeping it getting him outdoors a lot and exercise and um, hobbies and sports and um, lots of mum time and talking and talking through his fears and working through them and that kind of thing. And it was all important stuff. Um, But I think the food is what really tipped the balance, Um, that healing diet, healing the gut, and his body could cope better and and the brain connection was working a lot better. So, yeah, that's the story. (laughs) That's the story. It's an amazing story. and I mean, it's fascinating because... I really think it shows individuality. You know, you guys were already eating really well. Like you'd gone through the process of coming off refined foods and going gluten-free. I mean, I know, as you said, you couldn't control everything because he's a teenager. Um, But, you know, it clearly shows that things really needed to go to that next level. And Mm. GAPS is, you know, um, quite full-on, as you said, and it's a, a protocol that, um, is very restrictive initially for a reason um, and it's, you know, recommended for, you know, anywhere between 18 and 24 months. So mm. I'll t- I want to talk more about um, a couple of the stages and, and certainly what you're doing with your um, gut health program in regards to that. 
But is what was Isaac's duration? Did he have to follow the diet or is he still on some variation of it and what was the timeline there? So we just finished two years okay. on mm. going from well, – we, we pretty much – actually it would have been longer than that if we include the first few months what we did was um, basically went full gaps, which is take out the grains and starches, um, take out all the sugars except for honey, and um, you can still have like yogurt and and some cheese and butter and ghee. You can still have sour cream. You can still have um, like the nuts and things like that on full, full gaps. I find it quite easy. Full gaps is probably um, it probably has um, more foods than paleo, for instance, okay. because you've got the dairy, you've got legumes. Um, so we started with that, and then we worked backwards. Basically, um, took out the dairy. Um, took out the legumes and started working back until we were ready to start the intro um, protocol because that's that's where it gets hard. And we made sure that we weren't going away because we, we had weddings, we had camps, we had all sorts of stuff on when it all first happened. So um, we just did the best we could until we were home for a good month. Yeah. And then we started and that's why a lot of people start in the school holidays because then you can – it's a lot easier than trying to send your kid to school um, with thermoses of soup. Or <laughs> um, people do it, but it is easier when it's school holidays. So we waited till it was time that we could just be at home. If we had to go out, we'd take a thermos with us each with food in it, but um, mostly we tried to be around home. So that worked best for us um, taking that time, and and it was probably two and a half years since the first changes in our diet but two years on on the exact you know from intro so the stage we're at now um we've transitioned into some starches so the kids now and then will have rice usually if if they're out somewhere now and then they'll have a little bit of um, quinoa or buckwheat but not very often um they're having a little bit more starch so tapioca or something like that might be in something that they're having um, now and then they'll have, oh, they do have a bit of potato now and sweet potato. Yeah. I still find I have to be careful um, with not too much starches. I was recipe testing for our new cookbook and some of the recipes that Fuad, my co-author, has in the cookbook are whole foods recipes, not necessarily gaps. And because we were transitioning out of gaps, I thought, well, I'll just test all his recipes and eat them, I'll be fine. But it was too much too soon for me. And I found that I couldn't really handle the starches yet. So I've gone backwards <laughs> and um, just gone back to really basic foods for a little while just to reset a bit. And then when I bring the potatoes and starches back in, I'll just do it very slowly because I think I did it too quickly. So you um, would bring the really, program alongside Isaac? Yeah, the whole family The did. whole family? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, because it's really difficult to try and keep someone on a very restricted diet if everyone's eating other things. Mm. So we just didn't have the other food in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And other, the other kids were very supportive with it. At first they were a bit stressed out about it because they didn't want to have no bread. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's then, initial reaction, yeah. <laughs> gaps or no gaps. Yeah, no bread. Yeah. <laughs> but they were um, willing to do it for their brother because he just wasn't coping and yeah. so, yeah, they said, okay. Yeah. But it's interesting. I mean, we I, I use the word restrictive and I think when, you know, you really break it down though, the majority of, of the, the diet comes from 
you know, quality proteins, grass-fed meats, yeah. animal fats, yes. um, you mm-hmm. know, free-range eggs, fermented foods and vegetables. Yeah. So it's a beautiful nutrient-dense yeah. approach. It is. And then you bring in the nuts and seeds, mm. you know, within stage four to five. Um, you're bringing in as long as you can handle them mm. um, by stage six or full gaps actually full gaps you're starting to bring in a few legumes so there is it does get easier as it goes along definitely yeah absolutely and it's not something that everybody needs to do do you agree is it no just, yeah so I what agree I to talk I think, more, go on no you go I was just going to say like obviously you mentioned with Isaac's diagnosis in terms of severe OCD um but share with us you know where do you think or where else do you think the GAPS diet is super important? Like what other conditions or, um, you know, health environments? Um, anytime that you've got, okay, so people often think of gut issues as um, like IBS mm-hmm. or reflux or sore tummy or um, Crohn's disease or all these different things. They think, oh, that's gut issue, but they don't realize that there's so many things that stem from the gut. So um, anytime there's skin issues. So I had itchy skin so bad that I would scratch my legs at night until they bled sometimes. And that all went away once my gut was healed. Um, Things like acne and eczema and um, psoriasis, things like um, just, yeah, just the itchy skin. Those can all be gut related generally. Um, Cradle cap, even that. Um, Things like people who have um, any kind of mental disorders or anxiety, behavioral issues, developmental disorders, all of those things are related to gut health. Um, uh, What else? Also, um, sorry, I haven't got a list in front of me, but there's just so many things that are related to gut health and I don't think people always realise so, oh, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's too often just linked to being around like bowel movements or bloating yeah, or a sore exactly. tummy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so but, I think if, go on. If, mm. if people have tried a whole foods diet and that's not helping their issues, then they need to take a step further. Like I said, peel another layer off the onion. Mm. Maybe they'll go to paleo or maybe they'll go to um, full gaps and, and try that. And a lot of people will find that's enough. And um, they'll that will that will work for them. And then there's the few of us that just go, well, that's still not working. So let's go a bit further. And that's when you go to the the earlier gaps and start from there. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. Like certainly, if you're following the food pyramid, then gaps doesn't necessarily need to be the first thing. Plenty of people no. will, will feel you know a thousand times better just by jerf just by eating real food yeah, but exactly. um, yeah and totally focusing on eat small veggies yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> when there's more challenging conditions i think gaps can be a, a beautiful healing nutrition protocol and i think it's also if you want to go gung-ho like some people are happy just to poke along slowly and just slowly change things and that's what we did for years but it wasn't until something really drastic happened in our lives that we went hey we've just got to do something drastic about this and it really depends you know how bad things are for you oh yeah absolutely so I'm sure there's lots of people that are wanting to know more about gaps so have you Mm -hmm. got some resources on your website perhaps or where where do you think um is the best place to start for those that want to learn the very 
the very best place is to go to the GAPS website, which is, so the lady that developed GAPS is Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, and she's a neurologist in the UK, and she has a website called www.gaps.me. So that's the best place to go. You'll get her, you know, right from the horse's mouth, what it all means, what it is. She's got a really amazing FAQs section that she updates constantly um, that's fascinating to read through. And um, get her book, um, Gut and Psychology Syndrome. That's really important to read if you're thinking of doing GAPS. Then once you've, you know, researched it, you've read the book, um, if you decide you want to do GAPS intro, I do have a program to help people with GAPS intro because I, what I was doing while we were doing GAPS, I was writing down all the foods I was cooking right from the start. I was taking photos of them um, because I, I bought a program online to help us with GAPS intro because it's really overwhelming when you first look at it. You think when you read the book, it doesn't really give you enough help with the cooking. It gives you the basics. You know, it's like when you go to the naturopath a lot of times or something and they say, okay, you need to eat these foods and don't eat those foods. And you go home and go, what, how, what, yeah. where do I start? How do I put that into a <laughs> meal plan for, you know, yeah. five, six, seven people? <laughs> Especially mm. when you're really busy and you don't have time to think of new recipes, mm. you know. So um, I've basically put together a program to help with that. So it's yes. got six meal, meal plans, one for each stage of GAPS of the intro it's got six recipe ebooks over 170 recipes it's got videos how to's it's got articles like how to know if you've got gut issues what to do about them what's the first steps to take um so that's on my website which is gaps.quirkycooking.com.au and if people are not sure if they want to do the program um what i would do is just go and have a look at the download that's for free on that site and it's got some tips for starting to heal the gut and like like we both said, um, you may just need to do a few changes, tweak a few things with the way that you're eating, and you might be fine. Uh, and I and I, I really don't push my program on anyone. It's really for people who want to do gaps intro. Um, yeah, beautiful. But the meal plans are uh, an absolute, you know, fantastic resource, and it yeah. is a great way to start to develop your own skills. Like meal yeah. plans are a little bit of rote learning to start, which is why yes. I think they're usually more of a short-term approach but what yes. an amazing way to get your heads around you know what you can and can't include and how to integrate yeah. that across the week that's right and I don't think I've ever stuck to a meal plan completely in my life no. so, <laughs> I love making meal plans but it, it's a guide mm. it's just it's to give you ideas you know mm. if you get stuck you go oh oh yeah I could make that because the, the what I was going to say earlier the program that I ended up that I first bought on intro gaps I lasted for about three days because it was so boring mm, <laughs> and mm. I've had people say to me oh, I started gaps but I ate chicken and pumpkin soup for months and I couldn't bear it anymore I'm like why why did you eat chicken and pumpkin soup there's so many other things you can eat but people just don't know what to do so that's I tried to put in lots of creative ideas using the allowed foods oh beautiful yeah because it can be totally overwhelming so mm. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. So that's um, gaps.quirkycooking.com.au and we'll pop yep. that link in the show notes for those that want to find more. But, I mean, you're right. Um, Natasha Campbell McBride is an absolute pioneer and certainly yeah. her book, uh, Gut and Psychology Syndrome, is the absolute Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. You read it and you go, oh, my goodness, I had no idea. There's so much. Even if you um, are just interested in health in general, it's mm. a great to read. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree because gut health is the foundation of everything as we know. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. 
Beautiful. Now, I wanted to talk to you about your new book. So I've seen yeah. um, a lot of, um, you know, your <laughs> recipes. Bombarding the internet. <laughs> What's that? Sorry? Are we bombarding the internet? Oh, no, no. I was actually going to say I've seen a lot of your recipes and they're all amazing. <laughs> okay. um, but certainly, um, yeah, share what you and Fuad are doing with life-changing sure. food and where we can find out more. Okay. Um, so a good friend of mine, Fuad Kassab, he's a chef from Sydney who's also been on the same sort of journey as me, um, healing with food and seen amazing changes in his his own life and his own health um, over the last, say, five years. Mm. Um, we've known each other for seven years and, yeah, he's just changed so much. He's, it's It fascinates me seeing um, how just food can change mm. health. So we decided to write a cookbook together to really share um, the kind of recipes that we make every day in our homes um, to, to help people to have an idea of how you can eat healing, healthy, natural foods without them being boring um, and the kind of foods that you can cook for friends and family that usually poo-poo your healthy diet <laughs> and they will have no idea they're healthy and they will just think they're amazing um, and gut health type recipes. So my recipes in the book are generally GAPS. Well, they are all GAPS recipes um, that are just delicious recipes. Um, Fuad's are mostly paleo and some whole foods. So there's a bit of a mixture, but we also are very um, careful to put in plenty of um, variations. So for people that can't have eggs or can't have nuts or dairy or whatever, all of the recipes are gluten-free because we don't, either of us, eat any gluten. Um, but then there's variations for all different diets. And we also talk through why we use different things and, um, you know, the stories behind our recipes, the stories of our health changes and how we did it. So it's a very beautiful, big hardcover book and it will be out in March next year. Um, so we've been, um, it's been on pre-orders for a couple of months and that um, you can still order it right up to the time of um, the sales so that we sort of, we're self-publishing. So we like to be able to have a figure to give to the printer so we know how many to print. So that's why we did the pre-orders. So it's all very exciting. And um, we're also traveling around Australia each month doing a few classes um, in different cities and we call them life-changing food classes. Some of them are hands-on so people can come and cook and learn how to make the recipes and some of them are seminar style and you all get to taste everything though it's beautiful food. Oh, amazing. That sounds so good. <laughs> um, so yeah. that's at quirkycooking.com.au uh, forward slash cooking hyphen lessons. No, sorry, that one. Oh, actually, there might be some there. Um, usually, we ended up putting the cooking lessons on um, Eventbrite. So we usually, ah, very good. Yeah, sorry, we usually end up, we send out um, notifications on um, in the newsletter. So if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get cooking class notifications and also on Facebook, but you don't always see them on there, sadly. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll get those Eventbrite links off you, Joe, and they'll be in the yeah, show notes be- as well. Um, and they're Australia-wide, are they? Yep. Beautiful. The next ones are Sydney and um, Cairns. Oh, very good. Lots going on in your world. Yeah. <laughs> I should mention if you wanted to know more about the book, just go to Quirky Cooking and you'll find the, you'll find the links there. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us, Joe. and I look forward to, yeah, I look forward to um, – 
tracking the progress with the book and getting my hands Thank on you. a copy early next year. Thank you so much. Beautiful. We'll talk to you really soon. Okay, thanks, Steph. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch.